0: Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. All of my help, all of my help, from the Lord. All of my help, he's a lawyer in the courtroom. Yes, he is. All of my He's a doctor in the sick room. Yes, he is. All of my help. If you feel bound and chained, he'll set you free. All of my help. From the Lord, all of my help, all of my help, coming from the Lord, all of my help, all of my help, coming. Hallelujah. All of my hair. Can I get a witness? All of my health Oh, glory, hallelujah. We bless your holy name. Thank you, God. All of my hair. Not a portion of my hair but all. for worship. Thank you, God. Can you bless me for a minute? All of my health comes from the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being such a faithful God. Thank you for being such a God of grace and mercy. Thank you, God, for helping me when I could not help myself. Thank you, God, for sustaining us all these years. Thank you, God, for being with us in our midnight hour. Thank you, God, for being with us when we couldn't cry anymore. Thank you, God, for being our protector when there was no way out. Thank you, God, for saving us. Thank you, God, for giving us a Savior. Thank you, God, for blessing us over and over and over again. You're such an awesome God. And we bear witness to your grace and mercy, oh God. Nobody like you, oh God. All of my help comes from the Lord. Thank you, God, for yesterday. Thank you, God, for today. And thank you, God, for what you're going to do tomorrow. We love you, Lord. And we bless your holy name in the power magnificent name of Jesus, we pray and we give you thanks, oh God, for being our creator and reminding us that all of our help, not from the government, not from the Navy or the Air Force or the Marines, not from the White House, not from Pennsylvania Avenue, not from anybody else but you, oh God, all of our help, we thank you, God thank you, God. I thank God for the sacred ground. And I thank God for the privilege of being able to stand in this holy space. I thank God for keeping me alive. And I thank God for blessing me over and over and over again. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And in Luke chapter 10, verse number 19, Jesus makes it plain. He said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all, all, all of the power of the enemy. And then Jesus goes on to say that nothing will harm you. Let me read this again. I don't think you got it. Jesus said that I have, he's talking to the disciples. He's talking to us, Pastor. He said that I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all power of the enemy. He said all power, not some, but all power of the enemy. And then Jesus said that nothing will harm you. Oh my God, I read that over and over again all week long when the enemy was trying to destroy my mind. I said, Lord, you said nothing will harm me. My sermon title is Speak to Your Demon. And I named this sermon Speak to Your Demon because I realized that I am surrounded by people who do not realize when they're hearing from demons. And we need to understand that in order to speak to your demons, you need to know how to identify your demons. There are three movements in this sermon. The disciples have gone out on a mission, and they are returning from their journey. The disciples reported the results of their mission. And finally, Jesus said to the disciples, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Bible tells us that demons are fallen angels who joined Satan in his rebellion against God and who were defeated, Sister Shireen, and cast out of heaven along with Satan himself. If you wanna read the details, go to the book of Revelation chapter 12 and read verses seven through nine. Demons continue to serve the devil in his attempt to lead the world away from God and into sin. And Jesus will ultimately banish Satan and his demons into eternal fire. You ought to say amen. To understand what demons are, we must look to the ultimate evil spirit himself, which is Satan. The book of Revelations tells us that Satan was once an angel in heaven, And because Satan was a heavenly being, we know that Satan as well as his angelic followers were created good, but by their own free will chose to reject good and become evil. And we have the same opportunity. We're not born bad people. We're not born racist. We're not born with evil thoughts. We are born with good people, but we choose to be satanic and we choose to be evil. while we have no definitive answer as to whether Satan rebelled against God because of his uh, own pride or some other reason, and I'm not going to make anything else, we do know that a war erupted in heaven in which the archangel Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his angels, and you know who won. Satan and the other fallen angels were defeated and punishment for their rebellion were cast out of heaven in Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, I was watching from heaven. Isn't that powerful? From like lightning. And Jesus said, I saw the demons being cast out of heaven. Hallelujah. Satan became the prince of demons and he and the other fallen angels were hurled to the earth and ultimately condemned to hell. What can demons do? Demons continue to serve Satan on earthly, on earth, I'm sorry, by lurking mankind away from God. Let me tell you what the lurking looks like. Lurking takes place in many ways. You stop doing your daily devotion. You stop worshiping God. You don't have time for meditation or time to spend with God. You skip Bible study because you have made other plans. You decide that even though there's a pandemic and COVID-19 and that you've had all of your time to yourself, that when it's time for the good movie to come on Netflix is that you opt to watch Netflix versus checking in with God to see how things are going around you. In other words, we are tempted by the wrong things. And what we need to be mindful of is that the enemy is always lurking around us to move us out of the presence of God. Have you ever had an experience when you say, I don't know why I did that? Yes, you do. Flip Wilson said what? The devil made me do it. So stop pretending that you don't know why you did what you did. I didn't know that I knew words like that. Oh, yeah, because the enemy is always lurking around to plant seeds of doubt and to take us out of the presence of God. The Bible warns of Satan's grave threat to humanity by referring to him as the God of this age who prowls the earth looking for everyone to devour. Demons are no less dangerous as the Bible describes them. Somebody right now streaming live have decided, I don't want to hear this because she's in my house, in my bedroom, in my neighborhood, and I need to back away. But if we're gonna ever grow up in Christ, we need to understand, Malik, that the demons are after you and your only salvation is in Jesus Christ. The powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil are Satan's tools to draw us out. How can you sing all of my help comes from the Lord? And then when you need help, you ask a demonic spirit to give you advice. And what the Lord will do for us is let us know when we are in the presence of demons, if we all prayed up, I know when I'm in the presence of a demon, I know when God is speaking to me. The Bible tells us that Satan and his demons can inflict harm on earth by possessing people to cause them physical and spiritual harm. Go read the book of Matthew. And to make them do evil, blinding the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. Folk are walking around saying, I don't believe there is a God. Well, prove to me that there is no God. You say there is no God, then show me your evidence. Show me what you're talking about. Deceiving people by disguising themselves as servants of righteousness. Everybody who pretends to know God does not know God. Everybody who sings the songs of God are not necessarily saved. You need the Holy Spirit to let you know what is authentic and what is not promoting false doctrine and performing signs to deceive humans, tormenting believers. That's what Paul talked about over at the Church of Corinth. I can't understand why anybody who says that they are a disciple of Jesus Christ will not have time to study God's Word because without knowledge of the Word, you are doomed to darkness and the demons will never leave you alone. Some Christians fear becoming possessed by demons since this was a very real concern in biblical times. In fact, in commissioning his apostles to spread the good news, Jesus specifically gave the apostles and other disciples authority to drive out demons. I met a demon on Wednesday of this week and because I was studying this text and Keller because I am just simple enough to believe God's word, I spoke to my demon and my demon had to back down in the name of Jesus. So Jesus sends out the twelve. This is in Luke. And Jesus called the twelve together. He gave them the power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out, Brother Rod, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for your journey. Take no staff. Don't take a bag. You don't need designer design a luggage. Don't take any bread. Don't take any money. Don't take an extra shirt. And I know all of my people would have backed out right now. Well, Lord, what if I want to change my shoes? Lord, what if I want to change my bag? Jesus says, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, leave the town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them if you're witnessing to someone who does not believe you then shake the dust and go on in the name of jesus while some christian denominations believe in present-day demon possession others believe that practicing christians cannot be possessed because of the holy spirit that abides in them i don't know what your theological belief is but i believe the holy spirit is in charge of all of us and that the holy spirit will destroy demonic spirits and darkness in all of us Whether demons' possession of practicing Christians is possible or not, the Bible gives us a clear way to destroy the effects of the evil and its demons to lure us into sin, namely by living a life steeped in obedience to God. You want to destroy your demons? Speak God's word. You want to destroy your demons? Speak God's word. God's word. The Bible assures us if we submit to God and resist evil, the devil and his demons will flee from uh, two things. What? resist evil and the demons will flee from you. You ought to practice that sometimes, James, you ought to just practice that sometimes while you, you know, getting a little headache and the words are rolling around in your head. You need to just Throw that side out and you need to say, I cast you out of my presence in the name of Jesus. See, we got to learn how to stand up like real disciples of Jesus and fight back with the, Aren't you tired of wimps? Aren't you tired sometimes of folk who say they know God, but they have no power? Aren't you tired of hearing about the same old situation as we say in Alabama over and over again? Aren't you tired of feeling helpless and that I don't know why God allowed this to happen to me. I don't know why I can't get a break. If you ask God, the Lord will tell you why you can't get a break. And that's what Jesus was saying to the disciples. Jesus wanted them to know what it means to be a disciple. Many of us think that discipleship is going out to a five-star restaurant, having a nice time and people love you. Jesus said, no, 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 there's a cost. of of discipleship Jesus said there's a cost of being my follower Jesus said if you're gonna preach my word be prepared because the demons are after you somebody right now has something evil to say or there's an evil thought because their job is to just stand up to the Word of God but I'm here to tell you that Jesus said that all authority he said that all authority in heaven and in earth hallelujah As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go and bury my fox. Lord, let me go. I'm making this up and bury my mother. Lord, let me go and tell my supervisor that I'm not coming back anymore. Lord, let me go and take care of my children. Jesus said to them, let the dead bury their own. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, but first let me go and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied that no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. If nobody is beating up on you, you must not be on a If nobody is talking about you, you must not be a real disciple. If nobody is looking at you weirdly, you must not be doing the work of the Lord. If nobody is criticizing you, you must not be doing the work of the Lord. Jesus said, get over it. There's a cost of discipleship. Get over it if you're gonna be my disciple. And Jesus sends out the 72. And he said that after these things, the Lord appointed 70. Some sources say 70, some say 72. You decide. But Jesus defines the journey and he sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. And Jesus defines the situation for them. Jesus is an excellent coach. Not only does he tell the 72 that this is where you're going, and this is how you ought to dress, and this is how you ought to pack. You ever been on a trip with someone, and you say, okay, we're going to go on a trip, and they bring eight bags, and you're trying to figure out. Why do we need eight bags for five days? And what we learn is that Jesus is saying to us is that most of the stuff that we package and pack up, we don't need. So Jesus is saying, only take the essential, and I am the only essential that you need. Jesus said, saying, if you would pack me, then you're all right. So Jesus said, therefore he said unto them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. A big part of my job is begging people to do things for the Lord. Be on time. Smile like you want it. Show up. Have some enthusiasm. Those are demonic spirits don't let you find anything to do for the Lord. Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And go your ways. I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Secondly, Jesus said to them, he gives them specific instructions. The issue with most of us is we do not like to follow instructions. The issue with most of us is that we think we know everything. The issue with most of us is even when God sends a divine message from heaven, we will question what God has to say. And Jesus said, I'm giving you specific instructions. Carry neither purse nor bag nor shoes and salute no man by the way. And into whatever house you enter first say, Peace to this house. And if the Son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. These verses before us relate a circumstance which is recorded by the Gospel of Luke. The first point he makes is that in our Lord's charge to the seven disciples is the importance of prayer and intercession. You are worthless to God without prayer. Let me say that again. If you don't have a prayer life, you are worthless to God because it's through prayer and intercession that we hear from God. And if you are not in prayer and intercession with God, some demonic spirits must be feeding you your information because God has a structure set up that you can hear from heaven all by yourself. I know the church gets quiet when the pastor says we need to pray and have intercession with God. But prayer is one of the best and most powerful means of helping forward the cause of Christ in the world. It is a means by which the reach of all who have the spirit of adoption. Not all believers have the same spiritual gifts, but every guy that can muster up a prayer for God. Everybody can say, Lord, have mercy. Everybody ought to be able to say, thank you, Lord. Everybody ought to be saying, amen. Everybody ought to be able to say, I lift up the name, oh, I wish I had a witness. Don't get quiet. You need to get stirred up. All believers can pray. How many times have you just called somebody and said, let me pray with you? How many times do you look at the directory and say, God, let my eyes fall on the person who needs a word of encouragement? How many times have you thought about the church family, your neighbors and people who have issues and problems and you pick up the phone in the name of Jesus or text them to say, I'm thinking about you. And whatever the demon is, it's destroyed in the name of Jesus. These words, no doubt, had a great reference to the lifetime of those to whom God was speaking so I say to you churches that the third point in our Lord's charge to the 70 is that through devotion to their works where he enjoined them, they were to abstain from the appearance of covenants or love or money. Some of us will not get to glory because we think more of our stuff than we do with Jesus. And as I've grown old, I realize that all the stuff we spend all of our lives collecting, we end up giving it away in the end. I've learned that you, you, you work hard and you buy things and nobody really cares about your, your oriental rugs and nobody wants your collectibles from around the world. See, we gotta understand is that Jesus is the one who gives us a place in eternity and our focus needs to be on Jesus. Have you ever looked around to realize that your time is spent on sustaining material things? Have you ever noticed that some folk work all the time but never have any joy? What good is it to have a 10,000 square foot house where you can't go up the stairs to see what's up there? What good is it to work all your life and then you have people waiting on you to die so they can get what you have? And actually all they're going to do is sell it to somebody else because they don't want it. There's a reality check that we need to make. Every qualification there remains a deep lesson beneath these words of our Lord. Jesus was straightforward. Jesus did not sugarcoat anything. And the fourth point in our Lord's charge to the 70 is the simple-minded and contented spirit which he bade them to exhibit. Whether they tarried in traveling upon their master's business, they were to avoid appearance of being fickle, changeable, or hard to please. And furthermore, what Jesus said to them is, stop saying what you did. When the disciples came back, Alex, they were boasting and rejoicing. They were saying, Sister Sandra, trustee Sandra, that, Lord, everything you told us was true. They were saying, Lord, the demons were running from us and the spirits had to flee. And, Lord, it was just like you said. And Jesus said, stop it right now because Jesus said you have no right to be arrogant. You have no right to be all puffed up because you were able to slay the demons in my name. So stop rejoicing in what you have done. Have you ever heard folk, I, girl, I did this and I did that and I did this and I know you haven't. I think one of the greatest stories of Pleasant Grove Church, and I want this to go down in the history of the church, is that this church has not been anchored by just one family. And I've been members of a lot of churches and the church belongs to the family who gave the most money, but not necessarily to Jesus Christ. And then people boast about, I gave this, therefore I have this power over the Lord's house. And so what I, realize that money should have nothing to do with spiritual power and the church and that if we really gave it in the name of Jesus, then we ought to let God get all the praise, all the honor and all the glory. And so what I have discovered about Pleasant Grove, which I think is one of the magnificent blessings is that God sent the right people at the right time with the right skills with the right attitude, the right tithe, and an open heart, and it is God who built this house. There is nobody, there is nobody, who can take credit for anything in here but God. It was the Lord who made a way out of no way. It was the Lord who moved on the hearts of people. It was the Lord who said, no, you won't. Yes, I will. So I give God all praise, all honor, and all glory because this is the Lord's house. And it was built by the Lord. It will be sustained by the Lord so don't tell me don't give me any congratulations I haven't done anything but follow the Lord don't try to lift me up because I have done nothing it's all in the name of Jesus oh I wish I had a witness I wish I had a witness it is not because of you but it's because of the Lord and Jesus said nothing nothing Kept reading that nothing, no arrogance, no bewilderment, no sinner, no hatred, no racism, no sexism, no classism, but nothing will harm you because I have all power. I have all power. Jesus didn't say I have some power, He didn't say I have a cup of power, He didn't say I had a gallon of power. He said I have all power in heaven and in earth. So whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high, hallelujah, you need to read Psalm 91 slowly. I read it over and over and over again when I heard about my mother and her dementia. I, I read Psalm 91 over and over and over again. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know about you, but every now and then I just need some rest. Every now and then I just need to find a space that I can rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my refuge, he is my fortress, he is my God in whom I trust. I don't trust what I see, I trust in God. I don't trust what I hear, I trust in God. And surely, surely he has done it for 69 years, over and over and over and over again, surely he will save you from the foul snare and from the deadly pestilence. It's time for us to speak to our demons and he will cover you with his feathers. Jesus, I need a covering, can I get a witness? And under his wings, you will find his refuge and his faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. That means that no attack will get to you because you're covered by the blood of the lamb and you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Verse number seven said, A thousand, a thousand may fall at your side, and 10,000 at your right hand, but, but it will not come near you And you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. So if you say the Lord is my refuge, you ought to practice saying that the Lord is my refuge. And you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. And no disaster will come near your tent. Lay your hands on your door and pray in the name of Jesus that no harm will come into this house. But he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all ways. They will lift you up, oh my God, in their hands. Angels lift you up, Pastor, when you can't lift yourself. There's no helium left in your body. Angels will lift you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. When the demons enter your mind, God will send you a way out through his angels. I will rescue him and I will protect him. And he will call on me. That's what the word says. He will call on me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. Anybody in trouble? I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him in long life and show him my salvation. Jesus said nothing. Jesus said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes. I was out in my garage a few years ago. Trustee Randolph Burwell was here Cutting the grass for the church. And I said, What is that you're sprinkling? He said, It's called snake away. And I said, Okay, that's good. Because I definitely don't want to meet a snake over here. So since it's been hot, I said to Deacon Jay, I need me some snake away. Because you leave the garage up all the time. And I don't want to meet a cobra in the garage. I know that Jesus loves me, but I want to be prepared. So I got my bag of snake away and I went around the garage and I went outside about the borders of the prophet and everything and I kind of laughed at myself because I realized that Jesus is my snake away and that there I was putting confidence in the little sprinkles of Snake Away, and I had to remind myself that that demon was trying to have me have more confidence in Snake Away than in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So yesterday, as my grandmama would say yesterday, when Deacon Jay was cutting the grass and he left the garage door up, Connie, the demon said to me, don't you go out there, there's a cobra looking for you. And the Lord spoke to me and said, oh, yes, Jesus said that nothing will harm you and that I will allow you to stop the snakes and the pestilence and those who are after you. So what I'm saying to you is when the demon speaks to you, speak back in the name of Jesus and put your snake away, away, because Jesus is our snake away. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the privilege of being a disciple. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to see that the world hates us, but you love us. The world wants to destroy us, but you lift us up, oh God. And Father, right now, we thank you that we are able to discern the demons who speak to us to tell us that we're not worthy. But we thank you for your everlasting word which helps us to know, dear God, that you are God, and you are powerful. Right now, dear God, somebody needs to accept you as Lord and Savior of their lives. And right now, the demons are saying, you don't need to do all of that, that you don't need to become a part of the body of Christ. So Father, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus, that you would dry up these demons that are speaking to your people, and that you will speak wisdom, you will speak love, and you will speak deliverance. And I pray, dear God, that when the day comes and that magnificent moment when all of us arrive before your face, I pray, dear God, that we will all be able to say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. My name was actually written in heaven. So thank you, Father, for your love, your grace, your mercy, but above all, salvation in the name of Jesus. And all of God's anointed disciples said amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report for like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519, or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.